Fall camp starts this morning, and we are here to tell you five players that will be indicators for Ole Miss fans to determine where to set the expectations for this season. Also, Nareel White does the thing that we've been waiting on him to do. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and, in fact, available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. Hi, I'm Stephen Willis, and this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. First morning of camp, of football season, Locked On Ole Miss podcast. And before we get started, I do want to let you know that this month we are doing an open enrollment for what's going to be our private message board. It's a way that you can just be around Ole Miss fans and chat away and enjoy talking about Ole Miss sports. The link is down in the description. If it expires, go ahead and DM me so I will know about it and I will get the right link to you. The reason it expires is so it will be a private message board um, come September 1st. So, Join our Discord. Let the adventure begin. We do our Twitter spaces have moved over there. There's a Discord live. We do all sorts of stuff. It's pretty fun. Membership's up around 150 subscribers at the moment, so it should be good. All right. I am recording this on trade deadline day, so if I get scatterbrained, forgive me. I have other things going on in my head and also trying to organize thoughts around Ole Miss football and things about that. So, Bear with me. Now, Ole Miss has five players that I think you can take an accurate accurate indicator of where this team should finish. Now, I think that we should know about this team, everything we need to know by October 1st. You can set your expectations at that point and just set them wherever you need them to be. We'll know by that point if Ole Miss is a contender, a pretender, or if they're just not ready for prime time. And a lot of that depends on these five players. Now, first of all, we're going to start off with is a person we've talked about a hundred times on this podcast in the last six months, and it's Jackson Dart. And Jackson Dart taking the step that we all think he's going to make, the step that we've heard that he's making, we need to see him provide that spark to the offense because this offense can't perform the way it did last year. That giant hole in the middle of the field just can't happen. And granted, that was a combination of Jackson Dart, of a lack of tight end, of a lack of a slot receiver. There, there was a talent deficiency in that part of the field last year that we were not expecting. If Jackson Dart can take a step in that area and kind of become a field general and make the jump similar to what Matt Corral did in year two of a Lane Kiffin offense, Jackson Dart has all the ability in the world to be able to take it go, take us to where we want to go. And no path for Ole Miss winning nine or ten games exists without Jackson Dart really balling out. And we have the potential to be the best team in my lifetime at Ole Miss. I've said that. But we also have the potential to go six and six. And a lot of that is going to depend on what Jackson Dart does this year. 
Now, we talk about Quinshawn Judkins. He's not going to be on this list because everybody knows Quinshawn has to be good. And if you assume that he's at the same level of impact that he was last year, Ole Miss is going to be fine. That's an expectation at this point. But as far as indicators of success, you wouldn't be at a situation where, hey, Quinshawn Judkins is looking pretty good. So we're probably going to be pretty good. No, I'm going to take him on the expectation that he is going to be about where he needs to be. The second player on the list is Michael Trigg. And he came in with Jackson Dart. Those two are always going to be tied. And because Michael Trigg is a super athletic player, we've heard you've heard me on my podcast talk about a call for Lane Kiffin to break out 12 personnel with him and Caden Priestcorn on the field at the same time. Caden Priestcorn is going to be more of an inline tight end, a slightly detached tight end. But if you want a flex-type tight end, Michael Trigg is your guy. He is going to provide all sorts of mismatches and the ability to do 12 personnel, which is one back, two tight ends, for those who don't know, is going to allow this offense to be a lot more explosive than it was last year and more effective in the middle of the field. Caden Priestcorn and Michael Trigg on the field together will provide those mismatches that allows Jackson Dart to become more effective in the middle field. Now, you take Quinshawn Judkins to where the offense might throw the ball to the running backs outside the numbers. People have to cover those receivers. So that means players might be taken out of the middle of the field. It's, it's really interesting. But Michael Trigg, if they're using him correctly, he's taken a step. It is something you should absolutely be aware of. Now, last year, Michael Trigg had a massive spring practice, and everybody was all excited, and he kind of drifted away in fall camp. We need to make sure that Michael Trigg is, is still in the headlines. He is still taking that step. Caden Priestcorn is pushing him. I, I think he will be fantastic, and I think he has a chance to be one of our top pass catchers, not by normal uh, number of receptions, but by maybe high impact receptions. All right, now we're going to go over to the defensive side of the ball for the next three. We're going to start with J.J. Pegues. It is going to be important for Ole Miss to take up as many double teams as possible on the defensive line. We've had transfers come in all over the place. Stephon Wynn, Akella Stone, Isaac Ukwu. You got returners like Jared Ivey, um, Cedric Johnson, you got Joshua Harris, who transferred in from NC State. You've got a defensive line that has been completely rebuilt and retooled. And that is because Pete Golding came in and runs a different type defense than what Chris Partridge was doing. I always tell people all the time, system is everything. There is no such thing as a good football player. There's only a good football player doing this. And this is the type defense, what Pete Golding does, that can maximize J.J. Pegues as athletic he, as he is. Picture Isaac Gross and his get-off. Now, his get-off isn't quite as good, but at 300 pounds. That is what you're looking at with J.J. Pegues. And I think in fall camp, he's probably going to shed a little bit of weight as well. He might play a little bit closer to 295 in that spectrum as a true three technique, um, which is the – Interior defensive lineman, but not the nose guard, essentially, when I say three technique. Now, the technique could be where he lines up across from the guard, but just for the sake of it, um, picture that. 
But J.J. Pegues, if he can demand double teams and Josh Harris can demand double teams, that all of a sudden JJ, um, Jared Ivey and Cedric Johnson and Isaac Ukwu, those guys can eat a little bit. And that'll be really big, really big for the Ole Miss defense. That is the most important thing that I'm looking forward to on this defense is how many double teams the interior can demand. Just as simple as that. We'll see exactly what happens there. But J.J. Pegues is number three. Number four is Suntarian Perkins. And I understand that there's two sets of linebackers ahead of him at the moment. But how Ole Miss uses Suntarian Perkins, as similar to what Harold Perkins did last year, means that by Alabama and by LSU, Suntarian Perkins could make this defense a completely different animal. I like Monty Montgomery. I like Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste. I like Ashanti Seastruck. I like Kari Coleman. I think all of those are good players. But Santarian Perkins is rightly the best defensive player to come out of Mississippi in 10 years, at least. So he has never stepped on a, on a football field until this morning, probably, where he was not the best player on it. And I do think Santarian has a chance to be the best player on the field eventually. I just don't think it'll happen today. So we'll see exactly what happens. How will they use Suntarian? Will he go back and be a hybrid safety linebacker? Will he be a hybrid um, defensive lineman, defensive end linebacker? Those positions, will he move around? How much will Suntarian be able to absorb? Will he be limited by the playbook? We all remember what Patrick Willis went through as a true freshman at Ole Miss. So will that similar situation happen? I do not know. We'll see. It starts today. And finally, this is a player that I'm high on. I've been high on John Saunders ever since he got here. Him moving back to free safety, it's, it's a concern for me. The safety position is the concern of this team for me. And if John Saunders can adequately replace A.J. Finley, who was potentially Ole Miss's best defensive player between him and Otis Reese, in this Chris Partridge 3-2-6 defense, can John Saunders be the quarterback in the middle of the field back there where he can see everything? It's always important for free safeties to make calls, to make decisions, to be a leader of that defense. Does John Saunders have that tool in his tool chest? That is the interesting question for me. Now, I think he does. I Like I said, I really like John Saunders. He had an interception in the spring game. He seems to be moving back and taking to free safety pretty well. This transfer from Miami, Ohio, is going to be taking a step up in competition, obviously. But there's going to be players in front of him that probably weren't in front of A.J. Finley as far as talent level goes. J.J. Henry at um, – J.J. Henry. J.J. Pegues at a three-technique is different than J.J. Henry at a nose guard, or J.J. Pegues at a nose guard. I'm telling you, fall camp and all these names are kind of running together. You know, Suntarian Perkins was not on the team last year. Monty Montgomery was not on the team. The best linebacker on Ole Miss's team last year was probably Troy Brown. There's probably three players that transfer to Ole Miss that are at his talent level. Now, I'm not saying Troy Brown wasn't a good linebacker. I'm just saying there's kind of more of them. But safety, if if honestly, if for some reason John Saunders does not adapt to free safety, if Taylor Groves, if 
Ishim Young, if those guys do not adapt in the safety room, safety could be the Achilles heel of this Ole Miss football team. And we'll be we'll see exactly how that goes, and it starts today. All right, coming up after this break, Nareel White did the thing that we kind of thought that Nareel White would do. He decommitted from Arkansas. What does that mean for Ole Miss? Stick around. We'll tell you in just a second. But I do want to tell you first, these days, um, this show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right team for your team faster and for free. We're all aware how to set up a profile. Uh, on a social media site, whether it be Facebook or Twitter or whatever it's called now, um, any of those, we all know how to set up a profile, and that has become an integral part of our life. But that's how easy it is to set up a LinkedIn jobs profile as well. And then you just have to add a purple hashtag hiring frame to that profile, and you can spread the word that you're hiring. It's got simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster, period. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and, in fact, available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day, we're in football mode. We are completely in football mode at this moment. Um, we will have press conferences. We will have all of that stuff. Rumors will continue to follow recruiting with Brian Smith. You can look forward to all of that as well. So should be pretty good. Speaking of recruiting, Nareel White did the first step in the thing that we have all talked about Nareel White doing. Nareel White has been wanted by Ole Miss from the very beginning. I think Nareel White wants to go to Ole Miss, honestly. He was up here at the Elite 11, got the invite out to California. He threw with DeMond um, Williams and Really good player. If you look at the other, I forget what they call it, the other 23 as opposed to the Elite 11, or, it basically is just a way that they expand their camp to include other positions besides quarterbacks. But Nareel White really showed out and got an invite out to California, I do believe, as well. Good, good football player. Now, if you look at what happened, he put out a tweet yesterday that said, first of all, I'd like to thank Coach Pittman and Coach Woodson. Um, I believe that's Marcus Woodson, the former Ole Miss player as well. And the Ole Miss staff are believing in my abilities and trusting in me since day one. And the Fayetteville fan base and community was great. After much consideration and talks with my loved ones, it is in my best interest to decommit from the University of Arkansas and reopen my recruitment. Arkansas will still be one of my top choices. Respect my decision. Now, if you look at the profile for Nareel White, he's showing up already as decommitted. 
He is a six foot, 180, 190 pound wide receiver, a true slot type wide receiver from St. Martin High School in Ocean Springs, Mississippi. Um, he is a nearly consensus four star. I don't know what's going on with on three, but it's bringing his ranking down as well. I don't think there's certain recruiting services, depending who owns, who runs these recruiting services, they value different things. And I always say on this thing, there's no such thing as a good football player. There's a certain drop back passer or dual threat quarterback. Those categories are more important than just quarterback because there's a situation where you could be judging apples against oranges. So maybe on three is very big on outside wide receivers and they just group everybody into that outside wide receiver framework. And Nareel White's a slot receiver. He's a really, really good slot receiver. He's a Elijah Moore-type slot receiver. He's a guy that Lane Kiffin can do all kinds of work with if he gets on campus. But he is not that six foot three, 220-pound wide receiver that is going to shoot up the charts, depending on if on three is, you know, using that. 247 has him ranked in the um, top 247, ESPN and Rivals has him at four-star as well. So we'll see exactly what happens and if he goes up the rankings anymore in the football season. Now, I don't necessarily care if he goes up the rankings. Uh, I've seen the film. We've all seen the film of this prospect. And what he can do is special and what he can do in this offense. And I think I think he knows this. I think most everybody knows this because they've been talking about this for months. Um, what he can do in this offense, and every, everybody can see it. And him with whoever the tight end is in the moment. Let's say Dylan Hip, um, Hip to the sip, you know, commits to Ole Miss. Him and Dylan Hip could, could create a lot of havoc in the middle of the field moving forward. I mean, it could be a 2020 redo type situation with Elijah Moore and um, Kenny Oboa with these two type players. I, I'm pretty excited about what they could bring. I'm pretty excited about where Ole Miss sits in recruiting. I think Ole Miss is going to end up potentially getting four or five commitments off of Juice Fest. And if anybody is playing the success-failure game of Juice Fest, it, that's a rousing success. I do think a commitment is coming outside of Nareel White, coming soon as well, but we'll let the prospect deal with that. So I'm pretty fired up as well. But when we come back, we are going to do an extra segment of viewer mail um, because basically the podcast questions channel on our discord channel it's just blowing up with people having questions so we're going to do a couple more questions about that as well so stick around thanks for making the locked on Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day we're free and available wherever you get your podcast including youtube we're part of the locked on podcast network your team every day or more importantly Ole Miss every day because it's a lifestyle what we do, what we enjoy doing, and this is just a ton of fun. Just so everybody knows, all right, depending on Ole Miss's schedule, I think Lane Kiffin is going to be give, um, presented to the media today. They're going to do that type of stuff after practice. But in case he's not, this will be the bonus extra video that pops up, this, this viewer mailbag. If he does, it will be that 
um, press conference as well. We'll put we'll put that up and break down kind of what he said and what he meant um, as well. But looking at viewer mail, we've got a couple of pretty good questions, honestly. The first one's from David Gibson, 1970. Which defensive players will offense have to account for in their schemes and what they're doing? And that, that is a really good question. And there's going to have be people that have different opinions about this, but I think two players will end up being the players that people have to account to count for in their scheme when they play Ole Miss. And one will be J.J. Pegues. I think J.J. Pegues will be a problem as a three technique in this defense. He, he has not been a nose guard, although if you go back to the Texas A&M game last year, J.J. Pegues just worked that center. Just ab- He's probably seeing him in his sleep. Um, but he absolutely worked. But I think J.J. Pegues will be a focal point of opposing teams' offense. And the other focal point, believe it or not, I think will be Suntary and Perkins. I think he will be a focal point in this defense for other teams. So you will have J.J. Pegues in the second level, Suntary and Perkins, and that might affect the way with somebody like Perkins that you actually spy quarterbacks. Somebody like Jaden Daniels who ran around that's super fantastic. Perkins would be a really good spy in that situation against Jaden Daniels. This is somebody in the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star game. Him and Jamarius Brown essentially shut down the Alabama offense all by themselves. I mean, Alabama went in the game, but there's we do not want Centarian Perkins and Jamarius Brown playing 80 snaps in an All-Star game. So in the Under Armour game, he showed out as well. Anytime they played real football and not that flag football stuff, Centarian Perkins stood out as well. So I think those will be the two players on defense that the opposing team focuses on. Offensively, I think the two players that are going to be focused on is Quinshawn Judkins, obviously. They're going to go into every game as a defense and say number four is not going to beat us. And also Michael Trigg. I think his mismatch potential is completely off the hook. And he has a chance to be really, really good. The next question is from Joe B., and it says, question for the podcast, by what game this season do you think we'll know if the team is really clicking? And what do you think will have to happen for us to have a chance at the SEC West? What teams will have to win or lose? says, I'm worried about the Tulane game. The chemistry won't really be there yet. I think that we win that game, but then we get a little bit relaxed for Georgia Tech coming to town, making us not ready for Bama. All right. So this is two questions. By what game of this do you think we'll know if this team is really click clicking? I, honestly, it should be the Alabama game because by the time October 1st gets here, we will know exactly what's going on with this football team, period. We'll know exactly where to set our expectations. So the Bama game is when we will know if we're clicking. I think the first three games, we're going to be building up to that. And I think this year – you don't have time for that quarterback charade that they ha- they did last year with Jackson Dart and Luke Altmaier. You need to announce a quarterback by the second or third week of August and just go with them. But we'll see exactly what happens there. Now, for Ole Miss to have a chance at the West, all right, 
And this is the way that I think this happens. I'm not one of these people that thinks, hey, Ole Miss is going to go 12-0. and I'm not that guy. I think for Ole Miss to have a chance at the West, and I think they do, I think Ole Miss would have to go 10-2, and okay? With one of those wins being against Alabama or LSU, and whoever loses to Ole Miss beats the other one to where you kind of have a leg up on somebody else for the second loss, and we'll see what kind of take our chances with the other one. If Alabama beats LSU, for instance, Ole Miss needs to beat Alabama. Then you're playing at Auburn. You're playing games that matter down the stretch for a chance to win the division. I think Ole Miss has the talent to do that. I think they have the potential to do that. But what's the old coach's adage? Your your potential is going to get me fired. So we need to see if this actually translates and they're able to do that on the field as well. Should be really, really interesting stuff. Um, And that was absolutely a fantastic couple of questions. Remember, if you have any questions, you can. we have a whole board on our Discord server based on podcast questions. You get those questions asked and they talk about what's going on. We, We bring them up and we start a whole conversation and seemingly three or four times a day, that thing gets rolling and it gets going pretty good. And it works similar to a chat window. There's several message boards on there. We're going to have game threads. We have our Discord lives on there, which used to be our Twitter spaces. We're going, we tried that out last night for the very first time, and we're going to continue to grow this throughout the month. Remember, this is a community-based thing for Ole Miss fans that want a private message board for free to talk about their favorite school. We are pretty much zero tolerance when it comes to trolls and things like that. We want to make this as a free alternative as good as possible. And we'll see exactly how that goes as well. So I do want to thank you very much for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Ole Miss, every day. It's a lifestyle. It really is. Thank you so much for that. I am going to, after I record this, sit down and enjoy a little Major League Baseball trade deadline and wonder what is going to happen for the Detroit Tigers. That's the reason I'm wearing the hat today, because I'm wearing it for luck that they will not mess up the trade deadline. So it kind of is what it is, right? Anyway, thank you very much. We'll see you tomorrow. Adi Tati.